Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 111. Yeah. Can you believe it? One, one, one. One, good one, numbers. One. Yes, very good numbers. <laughs> one, one, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today, we are really excited. We have somebody special. Well, all of our guests are special, but right. he's special too. <laughs> Jimmy Vaughn, he is, he's an amazing person and yes. he's going to be joining us today. Jimmy Vaughn is Company 3's Senior Leadership Team uh, Vice President for Diversity and Engagement. Jimmy has a proven record of implementing successful programs in diversity, inclusion, engagement, development, and organizational effectiveness with a focus on creating a thriving employee culture. By holding engaging and thought-provoking seminars and workshops, Vaughn motivates and encourages leaders and their teams to initiate change with tangible, actionable processes. Vaughn states, this is a quote from him, which I love. Well, we both love it. The driver for me is to ensure every employee feels empowered and safe to show up to work fully as themselves. I love it. Love that. Yes, yes. This is a really good conversation because I think and we get into this in the episode, but I think when people hear diversity and inclusion, they automatically think of race, gender, sexual orientation, but they don't think beyond that, like disability and accessibility and things like that. And so this is really enlightening to kind of, you know, focus on those things as it relates to diversity. Exactly. And I think it's important for us to expand our network and talk to other people outside of the MS community that are yes. allies. Yes. And his allyship means a lot. And he, he dropped yes. so many wonderful things and in this episode and um, shed li- sheds light on showing up, taking up space as people who are in this disa- disabled world. Yes. So yeah, feels really, good to, to yeah. have that. And really sheds the light on representation, that word. You know, again, we know the automatic things that come to mind when you hear representation, but representation of people with disabilities, that's the thing too. So yeah, so this is a really great conversation and um, enjoy. Welcome to season four of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Welcome, Jimmy. We are really happy to have you on with us. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I appreciate the invite. Yeah. So when reading about you, we we see that you are pretty much a wealth of information and a wealth you have a wealth of experience in the field of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Can you talk about how you came to be so well versed in DEI? Wow. I mean, that's a great question. I think uh, I kind it started really young. 
for me. Like I grew up in 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 St. Louis and particularly like Ferguson. So I think most people are familiar with uh, the the name Ferguson because of you know in 2014 with uh, the murder of Michael Brown and um, the kind of shift in the way that we talk about uh, like Black Lives and it kind of you know elevated the entire conversation around. Um, you know, equity and, and, and you know, anti-racism and such, even though anti-racism, the term kind of came a little bit later, but just the, the overall concept. So I think it's always in some way, shape or form been part of, you know, my experience uh, just from living in a space where, you know, like race and, you know, identity was always kind of part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I also think as, you know, as a kid, I, you know, I was always that, 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 that kid who one was a little bit bullied himself, you know, for being like different, but then mm -hmm. also, uh, you know, I, I still had that whole drive to, to take up for the underdog. And even though like, I was like this small kid with like Coke bottle glasses and a big head and big feet, mm -hmm. uh, but was super skinny. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, like it, it somehow that didn't stop me and it didn't like take any kind of like tenacity away from me. It kind of drove it. So if I ever saw anybody else being kind of like, you know, abused or, or anything like that, then I was the person that, that spoke up. I was the one that was like, Hey, I'm not doing this, you know? Right, uh, right. And I think that really kind of like led into it. And so all the different areas of, you know, like my career and the spaces that I've worked uh, throughout, you know, the years, there's always been an element of that, which I think was the thing that intrigued me the most about, um, you know, as we started getting more and more into discussion, it was always like, I saw that there was a need for you know, people that were brave enough and equipped enough to speak about, you know, marginalization and, you know, wanting to make sure that everybody felt included and, and welcomed, um, even within like the workspace. And I think that was really just kind of like the, the impetus of it that that really kind of sent me down these variety of different roads to make sure that I had as much information and as much language and as much understanding of a lot of the nuances that, um, you know, that are related. And I think the more that I got into it, the more fascinated I got by it. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah, that is very cool. So can you talk just briefly, give us like a brief summary of what what is diversity, equity, and inclusion? Like if someone were to, were to come to you and say, what is it? What is this about in this new age of, you know, post-George Floyd, post yeah. these, you know, domestic terrorists at the Capitol? What is right, this? Right, right, right. You know, yeah. just, you know, just some <laughs> storming the yeah. Capitol. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it, you know, it, it's, it's really, it's a broad conversation. And I think, you know, it takes on different shapes based off of like which ele which area that you're kind of talking about. You know, I operate a lot in the, in like the corporate kind of, you know, like workplace, but I also do a lot of like advocacy in the general, you know, kind of like social stratosphere. Um, so I think that, 
that sometimes they show up in, in, in different ways, but ultimately it is, it, it is about, you know, it, it's about fairness, you know, mm-hmm. overall. So if we wanted to get granular in the DEI component of it, diversity, mm-hmm. you know, being the measure of like, you know, it's just the existence of, of, of representations of different groups and, you know, ideas, thoughts, uh, backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it basically spans the, the, the real estate of experience, right? So that's what we talk about with diversity. Equity is about the treatment, right? It's about fair treatment and because use equity over equality because sometimes treating everybody equally isn't actually treating everybody fairly. So the the term equity is is incredibly important in, in that space because that's about, you know, fairness. You would never, you know, judge how good a fish is by how well it can climb a tree. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's a good measure for a squirrel. So, right, right. so mm-hmm. equal treatment, if they're both given that same challenge of, of, of climbing the tree, then yeah, I've treated them equally. But is it fair? No. Right. So that's right. what equity is about. And inclusion is, is about, you know, how well uh, each of those identities, groups, and, you know, and, and such that, that are represented in the diversity are integrated into uh, like the decision making and in the like just the overall kind of space or experience like are they part of the decision making are they part of the thought process are they being considered in all aspects in the same way as, as any other so ultimately that's what that kind of like you know spans when you talk about diversity equity and inclusion and that mm-hmm. can be translated into a variety of different you know spaces social socially socioeconomically and then also just like within within the workplace and I would just extend the one to the workplace to be about, you know, um, ethical business practice, because mm-hmm. everybody should be able to have, you know, the same opportunity uh, to gain access to kind of like resources and, and, and opportunities that exist within an organization. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And quite often in our community, specifically the MS community, people who are disabled, some of us, you know, have run into those issues, you know, whether it's asking for accommodations at work and then, mm-hmm. you know, oh, all of a sudden you lose your job because you've asked for accommodations. You know what I right. mean? That, right. that, yeah. So yeah. this is a big deal. <laughs> Which is completely unacceptable also. Uh, right, right. And, and in most places, illegal. <laughs> but, uh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. But they're so subtle with it. You know but what I mean? So they're subtle so subtle with it. Subtle. Yep. And you have to know, you have to know, like it's in, like introducing this whole, this whole concept of DEI, it, it's not something that should be brushed under the rug or whispered about in the Mm -hmm. break room or, you know, the coffee room. This is, yeah. You you gotta be out loud with it, you you know, and I, and I think it, people have to become comfortable, you know, with the discussion with they mm-hmm. got to become comfortable with like with the language these are real you know issues and impacts and and you know things that need to be addressed head on and if you are someone who's kind of like timid or afraid you know to to kind of get into it it's you are likely going to be inclined to try to avoid it and it allows these same types of issues to, to persist right. right and it's mm-hmm. like and and there's so much ab- about it that is complicated and it is sensitive because frame of reference is is such an important component of it right mm-hmm. and you know when people don't understand 
they have a hard time like grasping and they have a hard time implementing and they have a hard yeah. time being like identifying and having that empathy where they can put themselves in in someone else's shoes and, and grasp the gravity of it because you know because their personal experience doesn't reflect that and there right. aren't many things in this world that require somebody to get it in order for right. it to happen and I think right. that's one of the the things so we have to speak about it so that we can level out that you know that shared understanding yeah I want to ask you about something that we saw on your website okay. so you know when we talk about diversity equity inclusion obviously representation is in there as well representation is huge mm -hmm. um and I say that to say so I'm going to read this quote that was on your website okay. it says biases don't disappear with exposure without education and strategy biases can be reinforced with exposure. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. That really hit me. And I so agree with it. Could you yeah. talk a little bit about that quote? So <laughs> I was trying to, I'm trying to think of a way of saying this in a yeah. way that's like, that's very um, <laughs> PC. Uh, but, oh, no worries. You don't have to be right. Because you yeah. know how some people, you know, might be like, oh, like all of my friends are like, all of my friends are black. It uh, doesn't mean right. that you have that same experience, but yes. it can give you that false sense of, uh, of, of security and thinking that like, oh, I totally get it. So just the exposure doesn't necessarily mean that you understand, you right. know, all the challenges or how to interact. You know, if somebody has bad experiences, you know, traveling overseas, if they're like, oh, you know, I have all this perception of, of this group and that group and, and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes a lot of times stereotypes are, are, are based in, in elements of reality. So just by exposing yourself, like you could actually end up reinforcing uh, right. your feelings. It's like, yep, and I feel even more justified. You've got that confirmation bias, right? Mm -hmm. I, even, I feel even more justified in the thing that I thought was a problem. Right. It was like I went there and it was exactly what it was. Well, that's because that's the only element that you, you know, you were kind of like exposed to. So the 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 concept behind that is like still without being without having the information, the knowledge and the like the understanding of what things, you know, are inherent, what things are cultural values, what things are so that you can uh, put it in a perspective and understand the um you know the 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 perspective behind it and the what's driving it and the values that are driving it you can end up like confirming the your your preconceived notion in a way that is equally as untrue as you know what the preconceived notion was to begin with so right. it's really really important to be able to engage in these conversations with knowledge and with mm -hmm. you know research and, and because it's so nuanced um that you, you you like you really have to be mindful um you know like about it and I've definitely seen that happen where people's biases have been reinforced because they saw a thing that they felt uh confirmed the bias that they had before even you know engaging mm -hmm. right and stereotypes and all those things when I read that quote, it made me think of, so we talk a lot about ableism mm -hmm. um, in this podcast and in the MS community. And it made me, and of course, when it comes to, I think when people hear the word representation, 
they automatically like go to like race and gender. Mm -hmm. Like those Mm -hmm. are the things that pop in people's mind. Yep. But ability and disability is something that is huge as well. And you know, disability is one of those like last acceptable quote unquote forms of discrimination. People discriminate against folks with disabilities unknowingly many times, sometimes knowingly. But I say that to say, right. I right. say that to say that okay. We it's rare that we see people with disabilities in media, like you know, in movies, videos, mm-hmm. or whatever. And if we do see them in you know in a movie or commercial, or whatever, usually like the plot or like the whole point is, you know, whatever their disability is. If it's a person in a wheelchair, the story is that. Jane Doe is in a wheelchair, not mm-hmm. Jane Doe was going to the movies. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we don't even have to mention her wheelchair because that's just how she gets around. Right. And I think that when you throw people in, so, okay, we've got to get some folks with disabilities in the mix. You just throw these people in and it reinforces people's like already, I don't know, convoluted stereotypes and thoughts about people with disabilities oh Mm -hmm. well I see so-and-so you know using some type of mobility aid that's the story not you know and and not not to cut you off Dana but if you think about it in terms of entertainment remember when the um I can't remember his name at the moment um the guy from boys to men when he came when they he came out and said he had MS Mm -hmm. and people found out he had MS and they were like oh that's why he was using the cane and it's like there has to be a justification as to why something is being used. Like it it makes it like so much easier to understand or, or more palatable for them. You know what I mean? It's, it's very odd. It it, it really (laughs) is. And it's like, I think there's a part of human nature that does do that. Um, Which we, the way that like the human brain works is in categorization you know, could we, we categorize in order to create shortcuts to meaning. Um, and when things are outside of, of that frame of reference that we have, we have a hard time reconciling it. So we naturally do this type of thing where it's like, I don't understand because my frame of reference is limited. So I don't understand why this person is operating this way because most people, and then when they find that out, they're like, oh, there's a justification. Oh, now there's a reason. Oh, now Now I can accept that. Oh, now that, exactly. And this is the reason why, you know, we, we also talk about why it's so important for you know, DEI strategy and DEI training and, and all these kinds of conversations because we actually have kind of natural compulsions toward trying to simplify things. Yeah. right and the but the world isn't simple right so mm-hmm. we have to be active and intentional about making sure that we are uh doing the work to expand our our frame of reference yeah. because mm-hmm. those things have impacts on you know on people's livelihoods on mm-hmm. people's survival on people's you know just everyday types of things because many of the things that we do are either you know collective types of of, of decision making and you know from the way that 
you know, we provide wheelchair accessibility in, in like within a, a facility or something like that. Um, so a lot of times we have to bring out these policies and procedures to make sure that people are taking things into consideration that they right. that might not be at the forefront of their mind because of the way that, you know, humans have this kind of like yeah. limited ability to, 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 to think broadly, or they try to triage what they think is most important and the things that aren't directly impacting them tend to fall right. at the bottom of that, that, that prioritization list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we have to constantly prove, and here we are again with our phrase, taking that we have the right to take up space. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and with that being said, how do you take up space? What does that mean to you? Ooh. <laughs> I always take up space. Um, I think I'm intentional about taking up space and I had to become rec you know, uh, like resigned to 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 that that concept. Um because I think it came to the point of wanting to define my space even more so than just generally taking it. I wanted to define my space. And I felt like if I left that to anyone else, it would be defined for me. And I didn't like how they were doing that. I like that. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. The de defining portion. So in order to, you know, to kind of shape my own narrative, tell my own, you know, kind of like story, I knew that I needed to be uh, you know, brave, and I knew that I needed to to be the one that that led that narrative because I was like, people don't understand enough about me. People don't hmm. know they have all these preconceived notions. They don't know what's going on internally. They don't know uh, they don't know anything about my experience. So how would they be equipped to tell my story on my behalf, right? And so hmm. that drove me to be you know to kind of like understand my story better. Right, like I had to kind of dive in and start thinking, hmm, you know, what is what is this through line of your like? What is your purpose? What what is your why? Why do you do you know like what you do? What is important to you? What is your experience you know like taught you? What are you good at? What are you you know not so good at? All of these types of things, the more that I kind of like looked into that, the more it was easy for me to articulate it, the more it was easy for mm -hmm. me to be able to, you know, not necessarily defend it, but to establish it, you know, to be able to say, no, this is who I am and not let anybody else define that for me. This is right. what I need. And I feel like this is the reason why I have a right to be able to say that I need that, right? right. And not let anybody shift me from, um, from that ability. Because as soon as I let that be in somebody else's hands, it always took a turn that I didn't like. So mm, yep. I was like, that's not true representation of, of, of me or who I am. So I feel like just the concept of, of taking up space for me exists in, in my ability to speak about my space, in order, my ability to mm. define it for others. I love mm -hmm. that. I do too. I love that. There's that, bravery. Oh, yeah, definitely. It sounds like it, like there's bravery in taking up space. Yeah, oh, 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 100%. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, everybody wants their own space. And if, if they start to perceive that your space infringes on their space or infringes on their space, they're like, uh, what, what, what is that? You know, and you can yeah. get backlash from it. You get, yeah. you know, people forming their own, like, 
like opinions of it, people fighting against it, uh, you know, people seeing, you know, you just living your life as some kind of a, of a threat on them being yeah. able to live theirs. Um, yeah, like, so it, it does require a, a significant amount of, um, of, of, of bravery. It's, it's, it's definitely not easy, but that becomes easier the more familiar you are, you know, with your own story, which is why I talk about like making sure that you're, you're defining your own story, because when you define your own story, you're going to be far more aware when somebody else is trying to redefine it. And you're going to be far more inclined to, to call it out, to correct it and to change it because somebody is shifting something that is very personal to you. Yeah. 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 It's like that movie, Dana, that we were just talking about, Crip Camp, mm -hmm. the movie, the documentary on Netflix. They absolutely defined their what their taking up space meant for the mm -hmm. world. You mm -hmm. know, without them at that time in the 70s or well, not 70, I don't even remember. Well, I think it did start in the yeah, 70s. 70s. And then it, yeah. it, it finally, you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA wasn't signed until the 90s mm -hmm. or until 1990. So, you know, these individuals fought for so long and mm -hmm. fought hard with showing I matter. I'm taking up space. I don't care if you're uncomfortable, if you cringe because I'm using my cane or walker or mobility device or, my, you know, um, my walking aid or, you know, a dog or service mm. dog or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very important that, that people understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's crucial, you know, really. And, and I know that, you know, like that, that, that is very difficult, you know, and it's, and it can be more difficult, uh, for some, you know, really than others. And this is kind of where, uh, where people need to understand that advocates are, are also important. Right, uh, like especially in 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 the world of of people with disabilities, is so sometimes being able to tell your own story is impossible, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's it is, uh, if if you know we're a communal and kind of like a social species, and for for people that might not directly be impacted by something, it's important for you to be able to you know to to be able to take things to heart as well and to right. take things seriously as well. These conversations are not just for the people that with like to whom they directly impact, right? Right, and I think sometimes that's a, a hard part for for people to understand. It's like, well, why are we talking about this? Like, I don't. And what? Well, yeah, because because you influence it. Your, right. your behavior or lack thereof influences it. And also your privilege, you know, of not having to deal with these types of things on a day-to-day -day and these things, you know, impacting the way that you move throughout life gives you, you know, access to certain audiences and certain right. ears and certain, you know, perspectives that help make that, you know, improve these the quality of life of others. You know, if you can understand how to be an ally, if you can understand how to contain the space and amplify the voices, not being the voice of or speaking right. on behalf of, amplify the voices and use that, you know, to contain the space and, and to use that influence and privilege for others to be able to, you know, increase their own frame of reference. Right. That is, you know, that that leads to that that as well so you know it, i think overall there's so many reasons why these discussions are so important yeah. just so many i like that you said contain the space mm -hmm. that's the thing too you talk about taking up space and making space and containing the space yeah 
Um, shifting things a little bit. So again, as we were browsing your website and um, looking at the workshops that you do, something really stuck out to us. So you lead a workshop for discussions about the idea of making room at the table. Mm-hmm. We wondered if you could talk briefly about what that means, especially, and of course, we're coming from the context of people with chronic illnesses and disabilities. Mm-hmm. How do we make room at the table? I think, what, for one, the, the, the simplest is that we demand it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I think the simplest is, is 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 we demand it. And I think in many situations, the more that we understand that, like, you know, in, in many cases, yes, people are doing things intentionally. But I think the vast majority of, th- of times people are not. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the people that are actually the audience because there's more of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that group tends to to just need like to be sat down and, 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 and taught what is and what isn't. And right. Then you, you know, like informed and understood, because you're you're never going to convince everybody, and there's always going to be those outliers that just couldn't care less. Right. But, and maybe I'm being idealistic, but my experience has has shown me there are far more people that are just ignorant, and it's right. not willful ignorance. It's just I never saw it that way. I never it, thought about it that way. Yeah. You know, I never considered it. And oh my gosh, thank you for bringing this, you know, to my mm-hmm. attention, and and so on and so forth. Um, so it's about, you know, you know, taking, taking those opportunities. Uh, but I think there's a couple of things that you need to be prepared for when you're doing this. Cause mm-hmm. one, when you're advocating for yourself and you're making room for yourself at the table, there's a lot of resistance that can come your way mm-hmm. just because people are afraid of change. People are, don't like change. They think that change is going to be too much work, you know, because they're already uh, spread thin. They're already right. overwhelmed. All of these other excuses that, that one can come up with because they just don't grasp it. Um, and so that can be really taxing on an individual, especially when you feel that you've gotten to the point where, why am I having to explain my right to exist, mm-hmm. you know, to other people? And that's emotionally, like, like yeah. very taxing. Yep. So I think, you know, as part of this space of making room for yourself at the table, one of the main things is, is self-care, is, is like, and it's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So it's being aware of, you know, knowing when you've reached your limit knowing when you need to recharge and knowing when you need to walk away, mm. right? And the more right. familiar you are with that, the stronger, you know, you're going to be and the more like, prepared you're going to be for that. But go ahead. Yeah. No, and, and attaching boundaries in that self-care. That's yeah. really crucial too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, another form of the awareness is, is being aware of the room, you know, kind of read the room. Mm. know know where people are know how they're you know kind of how they're kind of responding so that you can know if is this when I push or is this when I you know they're they're already in a space that's gonna tax too much of the energy that I have reserved for today so I'm gonna walk away for a second and then I'm (laughs) gonna come back because I'm big on budgeting your energy as part of self-care because it's like not every conversation is the conversation you need to be involved in so yes. being aware of your surroundings and being aware of the people that are there and the mindset that, that they're in, you know, and the energy that you have reserved and ready for, for that all need to come into play so that you can be, you know, prepared to, uh, you know, to kind of, to, to, to kind of embark upon it or engage in what you need to engage in. And those are the other, that's one of the other elements that I say too, is preparation. So it's like, it is, 
the basically preparation intention and um and awareness so your preparation is like know your stuff like we were talking about like knowing what your rights are mm -hmm. knowing what your uh what your limits are knowing what your worth is knowing what you need and how to verbalize what it is that you need and why and all that so all that preparedness so as much as you can be informed about like about your own existence and this also can come from when you define your own story you're going to be the person that is most um informed on on the things that that you need and why you need them so if you're prepared and when those opportunities pop up and you'll able be able to kind of like identify them um you know when when you're aware of what's going on within the room uh you're gonna have a, more of a space to be kind of like intentional and know what to say when to say and how to fight it and you know when to kind of be like this one actually isn't the argument this one actually is the argument this one i'm going to stand firm on this is going to make me walk away and also i'm prepared because i know my rights i know you know the ada yeah. you know like right. i i know title seven i know about the things you know the eeoc for like the workspace mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth and the more that you know about that like they're not kidding when they say knowledge is power yep because mm -hmm. half the time people are making these decisions in ignorance and as soon as you come knowing some stuff you see a lot of backing down <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> like you see a lot of ooh, and you know and sometimes yep. sometimes there is backlash I, like i won't be naive in saying that like i've, I've, I've faced that too mm -hmm. but i think I, I i knew what it was at stake and i was always equipped to make the decision of you know, is this is this that moment? And am I am I willing and ready to risk what's at stake? And if the answer yeah. was yes, I went all in. Wow. Yeah, this is deep. Very yeah. deep. Thank you so much. This is, <laughs> yes, this is so enlightening. We, very, very enlightening and and full. Um, yeah, where can people find you, Jimmy? <laughs> Y'all yeah. have mentioned the website a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's jimmyvon.com. Uh, J-I-M-I, -I, like Hendrix. Um, and then, like, on social media, like, on Instagram, you know, Jimmy underscore Vaughn. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I try to keep putting little notes and, and, and pieces of encouragement yeah. and, you know, connectivity. Like, you know, I, I do this for the sake of it. And, you know, it's not uh -huh. like a thing I'm trying to peddle or, or anything like that. Right. Like I, I do it because it's an important thing for us to be engaged in. Yes. And, mm -hmm. you know, anybody that's willing to, to do that and to have that conversations and to think outside the box and challenge the, you know, the status quo, to make this a place where true meritocracy meritocracy can actually mm -hmm. exist because there aren't any identity-based barriers in our systems yeah. and processes, um, then I'm all for it. Wow. Thank you. Hey. Yes, exactly. Pete. Yes. That's it. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, great. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.